Awesome. I want someone to hold up their Bibles in their hands. Um, I'm going to start the other way around. If you've got a Samsung, hold it down here. If you've got a Who Are We, hold it up here. And if you've got an iPhone, even higher. <laughs> okay. Someone say, Today, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer. I am not a doubter. I'm a doer. I'm not just a hearer. And I want you to turn to your neighbor on your left. Left. And I want you to look him in the eye and say to them this. Today, I will learn from God's word. Come on, give them some attitude, eh? Tell them that you're serious about this thing, okay? So today, I will learn from God's Word. And my life will never be the same again. Amen and amen and amen. Awesome. Well, church, this morning... My jacket, okay. This morning, we're going to be carrying on with a series we started two weeks ago, and it's actually one of my absolute favorite topics to talk about. It's called Designing Your Life with Your Words. Amen. Today, we're going to be talking about the power of confession. And just as a recap of what we learned two weeks ago, because I can see some new faces here. Uh, two weeks ago, we learned that confession comes from the Greek word homologio. And simply put, it literally just means saying the same thing as God. Speaking through our mouths what God says. And we learned two weeks ago that what makes confession so very powerful is that according to Jeremiah 1 verse 12, God watches over his word to perform it. And so when we speak the word of God with our mouth, we can expect that word to be fulfilled in our lives because God watches over his word to fulfill it in your lives. Amen. And so I just want to share maybe briefly the three principles that we learned from two weeks ago. The first principle was that our words create our world. Our words create our world. We went all the way back to Genesis 1. And we saw how God created this very world that we live in, right? We saw over eight times God said, let there be. And whatever he said became. And then we saw something so profound that we, you and I, are made in the image of God and after his likeness. In other words, church, we too are speaking spirits. We too can create our world just like God with our words. Ha, so powerful. And the second principle we learned is that our miracle is in our mouths. We went all the way back to the Old Testament. We actually went into a deep valley of full of very dry bones. And we saw prophet Ezekiel speak the word of God to these very dry bones. And we learned that as he spoke the word of God, a great army arose. In other words, those bones became flesh, became people. And the lesson that we learned there was that it doesn't matter how impossible your situation is. It doesn't matter how dead, lifeless, or impossible the situation may seem. If you just speak the word of God over that situation, it has no choice but to line up with the word of God. It has no choice but to be resurrected. Amen. And the last principle, and I'm really going through these things because I can see a few new faces and and I really just want us to flow into the next part of this uh, series. But the third principle, and this is probably my favorite, was that if you want to enjoy life, you need to watch your mouth. 
if you want to enjoy life, and I want to enjoy my life, I don't know about you, but if you want to enjoy life, you need to watch your mouth. We went all the way to the book of Luke, where we saw John the Baptist's daddy. John the Baptist's old man. He was put on mute for nine whole months while his wife was pregnant with this great man of God. He was put on mute. In other words, he couldn't speak. And why is this? Because God knew that he had so much unbelief in him that whatever he was going to say was just not going to work to the advantage of what God wanted to do. Whatever he had to say was going to effectively abort God's plan to bring about the John, the Baptist, into existence. Okay. And so the lesson we learned and we learned from that is that, church, if you don't have anything nice to say in your life, if you don't have words to speak over your life that are just not going to be to your advantage, you need to keep your mouth shut. Amen. Amen. And so this morning we're going to be carrying on with our series. And, and before I begin, I want to tell a little story that I shared in the morning and I had a bit of a caveat here because I'm going to throw Pastor Tafara under the bus. But it's okay. It's Mother's Day, so I know I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. And I just love you so very much. Um, and so the story I want to share with you is really, um, is really this. How many of you know that as husband and wife, sometimes, most times, you actually have very different preferences from your spouse, right? Okay. No one, okay. Only the women are nodding. How come the men are nodding? It's probably women. Women are different. Yeah. Women are cool. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers here this morning, by the way. We just love you so much and we appreciate you. The pastor and Tafar and I had very, diff- very different preferences when it came to food. Okay, in, in the first year of our marriage. And Pastor Tafara is a steak grill type of guy, you know, real guy. And I'm kind of like a sushi type person, seafood, you know, that's kind of my thing. So Pastor Tafara's absolute favorite place to go to when we were married was the Butcher's Grill in Monte Cassino. Actually, that one there, I don't know. I think they probably paid you, but anyway. And so, and so for every birthday, every anniversary, every special occasion, lo and behold, we'd find our way, we'd find ourselves in Monte Cassino Butcher's Grill. The first year it was exciting. The second, third, fourth, fifth time, it wasn't getting that cool anymore. And so typically how a phone call would go on the morning of my birthday um, would be something like this, right? So he'd call me and say, hey, babe, um, what time are you getting home this evening? And I'd say, six o'clock. And then he'd say, you know what? You need to get dressed because I'm going to take you out for a good surprise. I'm going to take you out to fancy dinner. And there I was, I'd get all dressed and lo and behold, we'd find ourselves in Monte Casino Butcher's Grill. Butcher's Grill. And I think uh, probably after the eighth time, I'd, I'd, I'd actually had about enough. And we were riding along in this car, and I just knew where we were going, and my husband was merrily singing away, you know, because he thought he was going to surprise me. God bless him. And I was now starting to feel quite agitated and quite upset. And he looked at me, and he said, babe, what's wrong? You know, I said, nothing, baby. You know, how's woman, guys. I said, nothing's wrong. And I was just miserable. Eh? I was quite upset and I had this sullen look on my face and I don't hide my feelings very well. And again, he looks at me and he says, babe, what's wrong? And I said, I just let it out. <laughs> I said to him, babe, I can't. I know we're going to butcher's grill. I can't do it anymore. I can't. We've been going there since 2020. What not? What not? I can't even remember when we first went. I just, I just want to go off for sushi. 
And I'll never forget the look he gave me that day. He, he just looked at me quite calmly and he said, Babe, I mean, if you don't like Butch's Grill, I mean, why didn't you just say something? <laughs> why didn't you just say so? And, you know, while that question seems so simple, church, it's actually quite profound, right? It's actually quite a profound question, right? Because really it's, it's this. What we choose to say or not to say makes all the difference, all the difference in any situation. It not only determines what we have, but it determines where we go in this life. Mark 11 verse 23, we read it two weeks ago and we're going to camp in it today. It says, you can have what you say, but how can you have what you say if you're not saying something? How can you have what you say if you're not speaking something? Right? You need to say something, church. In the kingdom of God, there's no such thing as quiet diplomacy. In the kingdom of God, we must speak. We must speak because believing and speaking is God's awesome, awesome plan for us to win in this life. Amen. Church prosperity is in our mouth. Do you know that? Healing and health is in our mouth. We read two weeks ago that your mouth can make you well. Church forgiveness, peace, love, joy, whatever your heart desires can be released into your life through the words that you speak. We need to say something, church. And so my question this morning is actually not what are you saying, it's it's what are you not saying? What are you not saying over your life? What are you not releasing over your life by the words that you are saying? And so this morning I want to share with you two principles. Oh, I forgot to start my timer. Sorry. (laughs) I want to share with you two principles, um, two very simple principles that I've personally learned um, as I've I've walked this journey, as as this revelation has become such a reality in my life. And my prayer this morning is that you'll take these principles You'll apply them in your life, and even as you leave that door, you will start speaking words that speak life or minister life into your life. And church, as you do, expect to see and experience victory in every, every single situation that has been holding you back. Amen, and amen, and amen. I'm just so very excited about this uh, this, this teaching, I know we got quite a few testimonies from the teaching two weeks ago. People were really blessed, and, and you're going to be really blessed this morning. Amen. So have an open heart. Really receive. Write down notes. Take down notes. If you need to listen to the sermon again, listen to it again. We're, the, the messages are available on faithhillchurch.co.za. They're also available on our podcast. Listen to them, because this word will change your life, church. It changed my life, and my life's never been the same again. Amen. The first principle that I want to share with you this morning is that you can have what you say. You can have what you say. Go with me quickly, and we're going to start in Mark 11. We're going to go from Mark 11. We're going to start in Mark 11, 11. And we're going to read all the way up to verse 14. And Jesus went into Jerusalem and into the temple. So when he had looked around at all things, as the hour was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve, with the, with the twelve disciples. Now the next day, when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry. 
So I just, um, oh, let's actually carry on before I expand on that. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season. Let's just stop here, and I just want to paint a picture of what's happening here. Right? So this is, this is Jesus and his 12 um, disciples um, coming from a place, I think they called it Bethany. And as he was walking, he was, he was quite hungry. I think he'd been ministering for quite some time. And in a distance, he saw a fig tree. And the, the, the scripture said the tree was covered with leaves. And, and largely the expectation, and, and this is a study that I did while I was you know, preparing for this offering message, is that typically when you see a fig tree full of leaves, you expect to see figs at the same time, right? So the leaves and the fig and the actual fruit always go hand in hand. Okay. And so Jesus walked up to this tree that was full of leaves. And lo and behold, he found nothing, no fruit, no figs on this tree. Okay, next verse. In response, Jesus said to it, can I have that verse in King James, please? Thank you. Thank you. King James, okay. Okay, well, we can read New King. Okay. And Jesus spoke and said unto it. In other words, Jesus spoke to the tree, by the way. And he said, let no man eat fruit of thee thereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. I, you know, I always, I always, my desire has always been to be a fly on the wall or fly flying around um, while Jesus is going through this verse, right? Because, I mean, it must have been quite phenomenal, right? So not only does Jesus walk to this tree and find no fig trees, right? He then goes and starts speaking to the tree, Right? It says, and Jesus spoke and said unto it. There's actually another translation. I think it's the NASB. It says, Jesus answered and said unto it. Chris just put up the New King James. And New King James says, in response, Jesus spoke to it. So does that mean for Jesus to have answered the tree? The tree must have said something to it. For Jesus to have... Church, come, come, come with me. Flow with me here, right? If Jesus had to answer something... Surely to answer something, that something must have spoken to him. Church, you know that things are always speaking to us, eh? Every day of our life. Even right now, someone's bank account is speaking to them right now, right? Our bodies speak to us. Our debt speaks to us. Things, inanimate objects can speak to us. I was sharing with the church this morning. My car tried to speak to me the other day. It tried to tell me it wasn't going to start. Do you know what Jesus did? Do you know how Jesus handled the situation? Do you know how Jesus handled the situation where something is talking to you and it is telling you something that's contrary to the Word of God and it's telling you something that's contrary to what you expect to see? You speak back to it. Jesus answered it. He answered and said unto it. We need to start speaking, church. We need to start speaking to those things that are speaking to us. We need to start speaking to them and line them up with the word of God. So Jesus answered and said to this tree, let no man eat fruit from you ever again. And the disciples heard it. So sure, I can imagine the disciples at this point thinking, okay, what have we got ourselves into? This guy is speaking to a tree. I wonder. Anyway, moving on swiftly. Let's move on to Mark 11 verse 20 because we're going to see something that is so profound. Mark 11, verse 20. Now in the morning, 
as they passed by. They saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Church, picture this. The night before, Jesus had spoken to this tree and he said, you know what, no no one is ever going to eat fruit from you. Never, never again. And the disciples probably thought, this guy's probably lost his mind now, right? And there they were walking past that same fig tree now in the morning. And they said that the fig tree had dried up from the roots. This is so powerful, church, because, I mean, it, it takes years for a tree to dry up. And not only to dry up, dry up from the roots. So in my mind, I can see a picture of this tree literally lying on the floor, dried up with, with its roots completely and utterly dried up. Amen. And so verse 21. And Peter now. So Peter is probably the brave one. I think everyone else was just thinking, okay, now what are we getting ourselves into? But Peter remembering, remembering what? Remembering what had been spoken over the tree the night before, right? It was probably sounded so loony that they actually even remembered it. But it says, and Peter remembering said to him, can I have it in the King James? I'm so sorry. It just sounds so much better in the King James. That's proper English. <laughs> and Peter, calling to remembrance, said unto him, Master, behold the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away. I actually haven't done that verse ju- justice, right? I'm going to read that verse and I'm going to try and portray the exact meaning and the exact expression that I believe Peter spoke as he, um, as he called to remembrance what he'd remembered the night before. And Peter calling to remembrance, said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursed is withered away. I mean, this dude was shocked. I mean, the night before, yeah, it seemed so strange that Jesus was speaking to a thing. I mean, it was a bit crazy. But as we're walking past, this thing is actually dead. Master, how could this be? How could this be? Next verse. And Jesus answering said unto him, Have faith in God. Looked at him and he said, Peter, have faith in God. Other translations of the Bible say, Have the God kind of faith. And so, church, I ask you this morning, what is the God kind of faith? How does the God kind of faith act? It speaks. Remember two weeks ago, we said God calls things that be not as though they were. God calls those things. He says, let there be. Well before that light was even there, he says, let there be light. And that light became. And so here Jesus is saying something that's actually so profound. That if you leave with anything else this morning, it's this. Have the God kind of faith. Call those things that be not as though they were. Start speaking, church. Have the God kind of faith. And so, um, I mean, the disciples, and I really do wish I was a fly in this whole scenario because I, I just want to see the look of the disciples, but I believe they were really and truly and genuinely quite shocked. Jesus says to them, have the God kind of faith. And then he goes on to say something that's even more profound. Something that's even more bizarre. Let's read on to hear what he says. Mark 11, 22. For verily I say unto you, 
that whosoever shall say unto this mountain. And so I just believe Jesus at this point is starting to say, you know what, dude, you can actually do this thing, not just to fig trees, but actually to mountains, right? So he's saying, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, perhaps he's pointing to a mountain, okay? Be thou, uh, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. In other words, ye can have whatever he saith. And that scripture is so very loaded. And so I just want us to just camp here for a little bit because there's three really powerful revelations that, that I really just want to share with you in this scripture. The first one is Jesus says whosoever. Jesus says whosoever. He doesn't say only Apostle Peter, Bishop, Paul. He says whosoever, church. And whosoever is literally whosoever. It means that all of us can say to the mountain. It means all of us can speak to our mountains in our lives. And, and I truly believe that, you know, anything that's standing in the way of God's will being performed in your life is an obstacle to mountain. That's my definition of a mountain. And so that mountain is standing in front of you and it's preventing the will of God for coming to pass in your life. You can speak to a church. You don't need to wait for the apostle. You don't need to wait for the prophet. You don't even need to wait for your husband. You have the power in your mouth to speak to your own mountain. To tell it to go. To tell it to be removed. To be cast into the sea. And to never, ever obstruct you again. You know, it's so powerful for me because it was so freeing for me when I came across that scripture. I didn't need to wait for anyone else to speak to my mountain. I mean, church, come on. Imagine if your colleague is sick at work in Santon. Your church is here in four ways. Your colleague needs help right now. You can't come all the way to four ways to ask your pastor to go and speak life into your colleague. It's not practical. We need to start speaking to our own mountains. We need to start releasing the power of God with our own mouth. We need to speak to our own mountains. Amen. The second revelation I want to share, this is actually quite interesting, is I don't know if most of you noticed it. I, I really, someone told me that there are two beliefs, but I thought there was only one. So we're going to do some counting here. But there's one belief, I believe there's one belief in this whole verse, but there are three sayings. So Jesus put a lot of emphasis on saying. And I like to believe that he's put a lot of emphasis on that, on the speaking part. We, we, we probably should pay attention. Okay? So let's just read this verse again, and we're just going to do a little bit of a tally for ourselves. First, we're going to try and read the, all the beliefs. Find all the beliefs, and then we're going to find all the saying. Church, I'm going to ask us to read the scripture. Um, it may seem a bit mundane and, and useless, but I really want you to start, for the scripture to start coming alive in your hearts, because that's really the only way. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God, okay? So we're going to read the scripture the first time, and we're going to look, we're going to read it together, how's that? And we're going to look out for the saying, the speaking parts, okay? We're going to count them. Okay, so let's start. For verily I say unto you, okay, so this is just Jesus saying, that whosoever shall say, number one, unto this mountain, 
Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith, that's number two, shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Three sayings. Okay, let's count the beliefs. We're going to have to do this again. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe, number one, that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. So we've proved it for ourselves, that for the one believing, there are three sayings. For the one believing, there are three sayings. I believe that this emphasis on speaking is because our words give expression to what we believe. Our words give expression to what's really in our hearts. Matthew twelve thirty four, I think, says, Out of the abundance of our hearts, the mouth must speak. We express our faith. We express the things we believe through speaking. And so Jesus doesn't say we must speak once. But three times he says there must be a speaking. There must be a speaking. Second Corinthians 4 verse 13 says, It is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. Since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe, and therefore we speak. I pointed out in the church this morning, that remember when we, we became born again? Remember, and I'm actually going to go back to Romans 10.10. 10. Because when we became born again, there was, there was a believing, but there was also a speaking to release what we, we believed uh, and confirm our salvation, right? Romans 10.10 10 in the Amplified says, With the heart a man believes, and so is justified. But with the mouth he confesses. He declares openly and speaks out freely his faith and confirms his salvation. Church, I can't, uh, you know, I, I can't belabor the point, but our faith is released through our speaking. Amen. Our faith is released through our speaking. And, and Jesus says speaking is so very important that not only can it kill fig trees, but it can move mountains. Our speaking is so very important that it can move the obstacles that are in our lives. It can move mountains. Notice something also about this verse. That's probably the second and a half revelation that I got from this. Jesus doesn't say, let's go back to Mark 11 verse 23, King James Version please. Jesus doesn't say we must speak about the mountain. He doesn't say we must go to Jesus, whosoever shall go to Jesus, go to God, and speak to God about the mountain. No. He says, whosoever shall say unto this mountain. In other words, whosoever shall speak to the mountain. And so here many people have felt, you know, defeated by life because... They're not actually applying what Jesus has told us to do. He hasn't said we must go to God and say, God, you know, I have that mountain of debt, you know, that mountain of troubles, that mountain of, you know, unforgiveness, that mountain of sickness. No. He says that we must speak to that mountain if we want that mountain to disappear. And so, church, I want to encourage you this morning to start speaking to your mountain. Speak to your mountains and tell them what to do. Amen. The third revelation, quickly, because we're actually running out of time, is that 
that scripture ends off saying that we can have what we say. We can have what we say. And that actually is so freeing. Because if we're not seeing in our lives what we desire, we can change it through our words. And once we speak, believe our words, we can have what we say. Amen. It really excites me um, because we, you know, the power is in our hands. The power is actually in our mouths. The power is in our mouths to change those circumstances, to change those situations that we, we're so unhappy about by just speaking, speaking the word of God over them. And I didn't share this morning, but um, my husband and I take this, this, um, this scripture actually very, very seriously. I mean, this is probably the motto in our house, one of those Thai family things to say. Um, we use the we shall have what we say to actually hold each other accountable, right? And so sometimes once in a blue moon, you'll slip up and, okay, I'll push myself under the bus. And once in a blue moon, I find myself saying, mm, my back is killing me. And he looks at me and says, babe, you can have what you say, so I'm going to stand in agreement that your back will kill you. And quickly, I have to repent. Quickly, I have to take back my words because church, you can have what you say. So start speaking life, speaking help, speaking victory over your lives because you can have what you say. Amen. The second principle I want to share, and I really only have five minutes. I didn't share it with the church this morning. I'm going to share it with you. What you say is what you get. Or in other words, what you say is what gets delivered to you. Oh. <laughs> Sounds so deep. <laughs> How many of you know that we have angels that surround us all the time? There are a multitude of angels right here in this room. Angels have been commissioned to execute the word of God. I think it's... Um, it's actually Psalm 103. It says, Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of the Lord. So the sole reason of angels existing is really just to do the word of God, to do God's work. But what I find so profound about Psalm 103.20, I don't know if it's going to be up, is that we also found that these angels hearken unto the voice of his words. Real English means that they listen to the voice of God's word. I don't know about you, but my Bible doesn't have a voice, right? My, my analog Bible. So what gives voice to the word of God on this earth? What gives voice to the word of God so that angels can go about executing his word in our lives? It's us. It's you and I, church. You and I give voice to the word of God and release our angels to go about ministering and serving to bring about those things that we've spoken with our mouth to come to pass in our lives. Amen. So keep that thought in mind because we're actually going to be talking about Daniel. And we're going to go to the book of Daniel. And we're going to hear something about how what we say is what gets delivered to us because angels are watching. They're watching. They want to do God's work, but we need to give them something to work with. We need to start speaking the word of God and release them to do the work or the word of God in our lives. Daniel, Daniel 10, and we'll read from 11 to 12. I'd like to read it in the Amplified, please. So just to give you some context, Daniel had received a vision. 
from God. And, and he really didn't know what that vision is. So he set aside some time to just fast and pray and really just seek God about what that vision was. And so he'd been past, uh, praying and fasting for about three weeks, and he it still re- received no answer. And so um, on the third week or the last day, the 25th, 21st day, an angel of the Lord, or his angel actually, appeared to him. And this is what the angel said. And the angel said to me, in other words, the angel speaking to Daniel, Oh, Daniel, you greatly beloved man, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright. In other words, don't be afraid. For to you I am now sent. And while he was saying this word to me, I stood trembling. Then he said to me, Fear not, Daniel. For from the first day that you set your mind and heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come as a consequence of and in response to your words. The other translations of the Bible says that this angel made a grand entrance in Daniel's bedroom. And he said to Daniel, I have come for your words. I have come For your words, Daniel. Church, can you imagine prosperity knocking on your door in Craig Avon, 12 Vermont Park, announcing its arrival and saying, I have come for your words. Can you imagine joy, peace, love, whatever your heart is desiring, knocking on that door and saying, I have come. For your words. Conversely, sadly, fear, anxiety, grief can come knocking on your door and make this grand entrance on your door saying, I have come because of thy words. Church, you get what you say. You get delivered to you what you say. And I want us to just paint this picture. I know in closing, I want us to just picture this, right? I want us to picture and imagine this. Imagine if every one of your words, every one of the words that you spoke was delivered to you today by Postnet or DHL. And you had to sign to receive them. You had to sign to take hold of those words. Would you be looking forward to your parcel? Would you be looking forward to... Signing and taking delivery of sickness, I wouldn't. Would you be looking forward to taking signing and taking delivery of fear? I don't. So if you aren't looking forward to signing and taking delivery of sickness, fear, anxiety, poverty, why are you ordering them? Why are you ordering them? Stop ordering them. Stop speaking them. Because you can get what you speak. What you speak is what gets delivered to you. And so church, as we close this morning, I just want to encourage you. Make the quality decision to start speaking words that you would be happy to sign for. Make a quality decision to start speaking words that you would, without a shadow of doubt, gladly take delivery of. Beloved, what you say is what you get. Begin to say what you want to get in your life. Begin to speak what you want to see in your lives. 
from today. And it's, and, it's, and it's really a decision away. It's a choice. And we all have a choice. God has given us a free will. He's given us the ability to choose. You can choose. Yes, you can choose. You can choose this morning that as you walk out that door, you're going to make a decision to start speaking words that work to your advantage. You are going to start speaking words that speak and minister life to you, to your family, to your children, to your marriages, to your relationships. From today, you're going to start speaking to those mountains. You're going to start speaking to those obstacles, those barriers, those hindrances that have been preventing the will of God from coming to pass in your life. You are going to start speaking to them. Amen. Let us stand up in the word of prayer. Father, we just want to thank you for this word today. Oh, Father, we just want to thank you for giving us the choice, the choice, the the free will to make a choice. And and Father, this morning we stand before you today and we, we choose life. We choose life through our words. We choose to speak words that minister grace to the hearer. We choose to speak words that minister life to our lives. We choose words of prosperity. We choose words of forgiveness. We choose words of love. We choose words of prosperity. We choose words that will work to our advantage. We choose to win in this life and we will win in this life. Father, right now we speak to the mountains in our lives. We speak to the mountains in our lives. We command them to come down. Right now we speak to our bodies. We speak to those bodies that are not lining up with the Word of God. And we command them right now to line up with the Word of God. We command every organ. We command every cell. We command every tissue to line up with the Word of God. We command every muscle. We command every part of our body to resume functioning in the perfection that you created it to function. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father, right now we speak to businesses. We speak to the businesses Presented in this house, Lord, today. Father, we thank you for business. We thank you for contracts. We lose our angels for business. We lose our angels for suppliers. We lose our angels for clients. We lose our angels for business. Father, we thank you for increase. We thank you that our businesses are prospered. We thank you for increase, 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 increase in the name of Jesus. Father, right now we pray for our careers. Lord, we thank you for our careers. We refuse to speak words of doubt and unbelief over our careers. We speak life into our careers. We call our careers exciting. We call our careers accelerating. We command divine acceleration upon our careers. Right now we speak favor over our careers. We have favor with our bosses. We have favor with our bosses. Yeah, we have favor with the CEOs. We have favor across the nations. We are surrounded by your favor. Father, right now we speak to our children. Our children are blessed. Our children are prosperous. Our children possess a supernatural wisdom that surpasses all their peers. They will not lack any good thing. We will not lack any good thing. In the mighty name of Jesus, right now we speak to Faithville Church. Father, we thank you for this church. Father, we thank you for increase in church. We thank you for increase in forward. We thank you for increase in Bramfontein. We thank you for increase in Durban. 
supernatural acceleration, supernatural increase. Angels, you go. You bring increase to us right now. You bring the people to Faithville Church. You bring the hurt. Bring the poor. Bring the depressed. And they shall be healed. Right now we speak to Faithville TV ministry. Father, we thank you for partners. We thank you for bringing them from the north, from the south, from the east, from the west. Bring them, bring them, bring them. Angels, bring them now in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. We thank you. 